welcome back to the Beerly Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Smith. Join me as always is Trevor Scott and Jerry Dempsey. How are we doing tonight, boys? Well, it's always a good week when you get to see a running back throw for 316 yards, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm having a good day. Yeah? Okay. We'll get into that a little huh? bit later. How are you doing, Kerry? I'm doing okay. I'm still kind of sad after Bill Belichick decided to be an idiot and kick a 56-yard field goal in the rain, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> he almost made it. It was better than I thought it was going to be. But shouldn't happen at all, but whatever, Bill. You do you. Yeah. Um, so what are you guys drinking tonight? I am getting in the spooky mood. Um, it's October 5th now, and drinking one of my favorite seasonal beers kind of basic but samuel adams Oktoberfest. oh one of i the had best some parts. of that i had some of that during the bucks game uh-huh. yeah one of the best parts about this time of year yeah i agree mm-hmm. what about you carrie i'm just going to the michelob ultra okay back that up a second michelob yeah, I don't know how to say it, so I'm Michelob. just going to wing it. Michelob, Michelob, you know, Michelob. whatever that. It's Michelob. Yeah, whatever. Well, same thing. <laughs> it's okay. At least we're not a beer podcast or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awful, right? You know? If you're ever in the situation where you need to drink a beer for breakfast, I would 100% recommend Michelob Ultra. That is a better <laughs> breakfast beer if I've ever had one. Yeah. All you beer favorites out there. So... Tonight, I am going to be drinking another Orpheus Brewing Company Native Funk. Again, shout out to Ritesh Patel. He's my boy. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get right into the news. Uh, So coming out breaking kind of late here, uh, Cowboys have released Jalen Smith. Um, How big of a deal is this for the Cowboys defense? Who do you think he'll end up falling to uh, if he'll end up falling to anyone at all? Um, I don't know where about a, a specific team. I mean, he's he's versatile. He's he's a great athlete. He had an exceptional rookie year, but um, he'll definitely find a home somewhere. Uh, that there's a lot of depth in that Cowboys linebacking core. But um, really didn't see this one coming. But now that it's happened, I don't doesn't really surprise me. I would have liked him like to see them go for a trade or maybe bump Keanu Neal back to permanent safety, but. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. It'll, it'll be good to see him find a new home and get to play a lot more snaps than he was getting in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just surprised it happened during the season because a lot of people thought he might be cut before the season, but he made the team, played a couple games, and then midway they cut him. But it's going to co- cost him a lot of cap. But yeah. I don't think it's a big loss for the defense. You know, Mike Parsons has played well. Van Der Esch hasn't been getting as much playing time as he once did. So they got a lot of good depth at linebacker, so they'll be fine without him. But just kind of questionable. I mean, it's a lot of dead money that they're going to be stuck with. Yeah, that's what confused me is is like Trevor said, not looking for a trade. I mean, any any value you could get is better than just cutting him and then eating that cap. Um, so and not he's young too. He's yeah, still got potential. Yeah, like exactly, it was cheap. Surprising. To I me. actually, I actually like the Chiefs for that fit. They've got a pretty terrible linebacker core and he'd be an upgrade over Ben Neiman or whoever the heck they're throwing out there at this point <laughs> yeah that that would certainly be an upgrade but uh 
regardless, uh, he's gone. Uh, so you said the Chiefs as a landing spot. Did they have? Could they sign him for a reasonable amount? He'd probably have to take not that much to go there. I mean, you saw they just picked up Josh Gordon last week for next to nothing. So I mean, it's kind of like just the NBA good vet, good veterans going to team ring chasers that. Might be good bounce back, and then a good year in KC, and next year you might get a big payday again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I mean, I know he's had that injury coming out of college, but I mean, he's only twenty six year old, twenty six years old. So if he can sign maybe a, a small deal one year with a team like Kansas City, who's going to get a lot of ex- exposure, go there, play well, he could be just fine next off season. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But. uh Next up, we have in the news, a lot of news coming out of Jacksonville. Bit of a a shit show with Urban Meyer in charge. (laughs) And uh, some some video came out of Urban Meyer engaging in some uh, not great activities um, after deciding not to fly home with the team following the Thursday night game. Uh, it's so bad, in fact, that uh, Shad Khan had to give a press statement about it and, and how he had to talk with Urban Meyer about it. And, and then apparently uh, some reports out of the NFL, the, the Jaguars locker room, is that uh, they laughed him out of a team meeting. But uh, <laughs> it's not looking good. That's just, I mean, hey. it's week four and he got laughed out of a team meeting. and like, And now his focus is to earn the respect like bro it's week four you're owing four start you know putting your house on the market buddy like if you if you got a house in jacksonville you know hopefully he can just go a little a little west to gainesville but pick up a head coaching job there but yeah i don't i don't see him lasting in jacksonville very much longer i mean it's week four they're owing four they got you know this highly the next peyton manning and it's just it's been ugly since he's gotten there. This ain't this ain't Ohio right. State, buddy. He was just scouting tight ends for his team. Like, <laughs> did you really think anything? Did you really think anything good was going to happen when he cut Tim Tebow? Exactly. No, like, I mean, he's made so many questionable moves since being there. Whether bringing in Tebow in the first place or like drafting Etn in the first round. Yeah. And obviously the success isn't showing in the field early on, and I can't see him lasting a whole season at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I just have two words for Urban Meyer. Uh, as a Jacksonville fan, you know, just get out. Get out. Yeah. He clearly doesn't care about this team. He clearly doesn't take this job seriously. Um. I don't trust him, and I think that the best thing that Jaguars can do right now is buy out his contract and send his ass home so he can have more time to do things that he actually cares about, like cheating on his wife. Um, Poor Tim Tebow. He's disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not happy about this. Really not happy about how Obviously. the season's going. Because we had a chance to win the game on Thursday, and we just yeah, blew played, it. They played well. Yeah, we just and- blew it. You know, another thing, like heading into this season, Jacksonville was nobody expected them to be good after going one and fifteen, but they bring in Trevor Lawrence. They got this second year running back that just ran for a thousand yards. They bring in 
a few a few like talented receivers, defense doesn't get much better. But there's a little bit of chatter around the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021. Like that was something to run with. That I mean, was something I thought they'd be off. around 500. I, I said it at the beginning of the year on this podcast. I, I didn't see quite there, but I could I could have seen them winning five six games if they if Urban could have settled in. And now it's week four and. All of that stuff is gone, and we're talking about Urban Meyer getting grinded on. You know, I not think if Urban Meyer point. leaves, I think actually with how bad the division is, that they could finish like second or third. <laughs> I mean, and obviously the the point of the season now is literally just to develop Trevor Lawrence to get him that step forward. Yeah. yeah. And is Even Urban healthy. Meyer the guy to do that? It doesn't look so at this point. It's just what's going to be best for developing Lawrence at this point. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm done with the Urban Meyer experiment in the NFL. Clearly, did not pan out. Okay, let's move on. Get someone else in there because I just I can't take it anymore. Mm. But uh, yeah, that is uh. Sure a lot of Jags fans feel the same way. Zach. Yeah, I am aware. <laughs> All six of them. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Kerry. How does it feel to, to know that without Tom Brady, you guys never would have won a Super Bowl? So, Yeah. Oh, well. But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to jump into a, a new segment uh, based kind of off of what happened last week with me and Carrie. Uh, we're going to go through some debates. We got some topics for debates. We'll insult each other for your entertainment. Yeah, we will insult each other for your entertainment. Um, what's the first debate we got? Oh, it's going to be Trevor versus me on Lamar Jackson and whether he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I will moderate. All right. Trevor, do you want All to right. start? Trevor? Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, right. go ahead. Go ahead. Give me um, a big statement. Uh, I just want to say I think the guy's a winner. Um, when you're looking at quarterbacks, you look at a lot of things. You look at their spiral, their footwork, whether they can run, whether they can throw outside of the pocket, their accuracy, their precision, their ability to read a defense. But none of that stuff matters if you can't win. And a guy like Brady is great. You know, he's everything you want in a quarterback, everything you want in a quarterback's mind. But if you got a guy like Brady – and he can't win games. I want to take somebody untraditional, like Lamar Jackson, <laughs> okay. who just threw for 316 16 mm. yards after being called a running back all year. Yeah. He's broken a thousand yards passing within four four games. He's still doing it on the ground, even though he didn't last week. And I just I think he's here to stay. I think he's a winner. I think he's definitely top ten. Okay. Is that that's so that are you done with your opening statement? That was my opening statement. All right, so my opening statement is going to be pretty pretty short, pretty quick. From the beginning, I've argued that if Lamar could figure out his passing, he would be the best quarterback in the league. Not one of the best, not top 10. I said if he could figure out his passing, he would be the best quarterback in the in the NFL. Up to this point, he has not done that. Uh, if you go year over year, his QBR has dropped every single season. It is currently, if the rate continues with his passing, at an all-time low for Lamar. And um, with the turnovers turnovers this year, um, the lack of passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, I don't think he is performing at a rate 
that would put him in the top 10. Simple as. So Trevor, right. you can go ahead and bring bring some of your arguments forward. Um, I like what you said about the 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 four touchdowns to the three interceptions. Uh, didn't have a tremendous game on the ground last week, but not top ten. I mean, he, he's three and one. They've put up twenty seven points, thirty six points, nineteen in a really ugly game in Detroit, and then twenty three last week. I think if if any other quarterback's doing that, that's almost in the third. That's probably mid-20s points per games per week uh, with a good defense. And also with the time of possession that they're using, running the ball takes so much longer than throwing the ball. But I think with his, just the way he's different, I think there's no way you can keep him outside the top. Who who are some of the people you have, you know, that 7, 8? I I know you probably don't have a list in front of you. I don't. But guys that are in that that back of the back 10 that you have in front of Lamar? Uh, probably Kirk Cousins would be in the back of that top 10. Um, I'm trying to think. Right now, the way they're playing, Taylor Heineke is probably in the back of that top 10. Jesus Christ. With the way that he's playing right now. What are you doing? Uh, do you want me to pull yeah, up the stats? Because I'll pull moderate, up the stats. I'll pull up the stats. Do you actually want me to pull up the stats right now? He had a good game against the Falcons. What are you on? He's got a better QBR than Lamar throughout the whole season. So I don't, Okay, I, but when we're talking about top 10 good quarterback, Taylor quarterback So, so QBR doesn't matter. So QBR is not a stat that you're interested in. When it comes When no. it comes to quarterbacks, it's not a stat you're interested in. Not when I am ranking my quarterbacks. It's not important. It's there, it's but it's not important. I just can't believe you said Taylor Heineke's in the top 10. I said he might be toward the back of the top 10. All right, back to Lamar. I'm just going to go beat myself over the head after hearing <laughs> that statement. Go ahead, Trevor. I, just, I think the way he he changes the game, he the game comes to him. He's in control of the game, and I I know you're gonna hate this, but I would like him in a playoff game. Okay. I respect the Kirk Cousins thing. I think he's underrated, but I think Lamar is very underrated to some people, including you, Zach. I mean, it may not always be the prettiest thing. The QBR might not be sexy, but. Those those front flips into the end zone on Monday Night Football are, are sexy <laughs> enough for me. You know? Okay. So, Trevor, where where would you put Lamar in your top ten? I know you don't have a specific list, and who's a couple guys you'd put him above? Put him above. Um, let's play you guys that I would put him under. Um, I think he. Ooh. I'd put him right around that six to eight range right now. If he, I mean, he had a good week last week throwing the ball. Uh, the running wasn't there, but um, when he does have those those inevitable weeks where he has a 250, 270 passing yards, and he also runs for 120 and a couple touchdowns, weeks like that really have him up there pushing pushing the envelope for top five. But um, that's when I have him up there around six. But I think seven, eight is eight. 
nine would be the absolute lowest I would put him at. I, I would never have him outside the top ten. And who would you have above and below him? Above, I would have Patrick Mahomes. I meant um, just a couple ahead, obviously, like Mahomes and Rodgers. And- well, I can, I can try to do this off the top of my head. Um, Mahomes, Brady, in no particular order, got Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Russ. Uh, Deshaun's not playing, so not Deshaun. Um, now that Josh Allen has settled down, I think, I mean, I know he played the Texans, but I think he's definitely over Lamar. And then a guy like Dak. But then right there, I don't, I don't have anyone that I'm definitely that I feel comfortable putting over Lamar after guys like Josh Allen, Dak, and uh, yeah, Josh Allen and Dak. Uh, so you put like Kyler, Herbert, Stafford, all them behind Lamar. Herbert for Brady. now. Brady. For now. No, I said Brady. I said Brady was like two. Like uh, he was one of the first ones I brought up. Zach, but, uh, we've, we've rebuttaled for those answers. Okay. Uh, so going back to what I said in my opening statement, uh, in 2019, he actually, QBR-wise, was pretty good. 66.1 completion percentage, 113.3 QBR, really good year for him. 2020, didn't quite follow that up. 64% completion percentage, 99.3 QBR. And then this year, his lowest so far, 60.5 completion percentage, 89.3 QBR that ranks 24th in the league and third in his own division. So and what, he's three and one. It must be nice having the best kicker in the NFL on your team. Um, team game, but he's passing team. has gotten worse year over year, and has his rushing gotten any better? Uh, I would argue no. Uh, if you look at 2019, he averaged 6.9 yards yards per attempt with over 80 yards per game. Um, and only nine fumbles this year. He's only at 6.6 yards per attempt, 69.8 yards per game, and four fumbles through four games. That is on top of, obviously, three interceptions. So that brings his touchdown to turnover ratio to <clears throat> six and seven. So he has turned the ball over more than he has scored this year. Um, and on top of that, if you look at their offensive performance, in 2019, they were number one in the league in terms of, terms of points per game. Last year, they were number seven, and this year, they are number eight. So they're continually declining instead of improving like you would expect as a quarterback you know, comes to the NFL, learns the ropes, and, and gets better. It seems to me like he has not gotten any better since he came into the league. He has not, and, and, and he has not learned a way to be able to pass from the pocket, and it seems to me like defenses are starting to figure out Lamar's game. And, and they're taking advantage of that because he has continually been on the decline since he came into the league and started uh, 15 games in 2019. Trevor, do we have a rebuttal to that? I do. I mean, there's there's all all the numbers about declining, everything. I get it. But since he's came into the league, in that offense, he hasn't had a consistent wide receiver core. He hasn't had a consistent running back core and he's 34 and 12 in his career and he has an MVP in a playoff game and to still be a quality consistent not consistent in the sense of you know what you're getting every week but you know Lamar is going to go out there he's going to put points up he's going to run he's going to throw it 
To but be that's not the case, well, though. He's not putting points up. He's only had six touchdowns this year, and he's turned the ball what, over what do you mean seven he's times. Put up? He's not putting points up. He's got six touchdowns to seven turnovers. I mean, he's turning the, the ball over more than he's scoring. He's he's a winner. He's thirty four and twelve. As of right now, oh with that God. resume, with that resume, you can't keep him out of the top ten. Okay, so I'll AJ just, McCarron just, should I'll be just, a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'll just put one thing into this debate. So Lamar just played the Broncos, who were been one of the top defenses early on, and he just put up his second career three hundred yard game and probably played, if not his one of his best passing games he's had. Any thoughts about that, either one of you? It shows promise, definitely. I mean, that's why I'm not I'm not so worried about the you know, starting off slow, his interceptions. I mean, he looked amazing last week. Three hundred and sixteen yards. That's gonna be something to build off against a defense who everyone has in their top five, top six. And not everybody's gonna do that at Denver. Okay. No. And one last thing for you, Zach. Well, I have one. I have one more thing to add before you. Before you. All right, let's go. So everyone, so both of you clowned me for saying Taylor Heineke. Uh, Taylor Heineke is currently ninth in the NFL in uh, QBR. He has twice the amount of passing touchdowns as uh, as Lamar. The same amount of interceptions. He started one less game, and his completion percentage is almost seventy percent. Where do you have Lamar? Like, just generally. Like, probably is he like, close outside the top 10? Probably like 12 or 13. Hmm. All right, Zach. Yeah? He, this isn't about Heineke, but Heineke played really well against the Atlanta Falcons, who probably have arguably the worst defense in the NFL. He did not do very well against Buffalo. He almost cost him that game with a couple big turnovers. I mean, he's not. He's a decent quarterback. He's potential, but anywhere near the top ten, top fifteen, I wouldn't even put him in top twenty. I think that's insane. Uh, we'll leave this to another argument. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I, if I, you've I, got a guy that can complete the ball nearly seventy percent of the time, you know, he's throwing Jared more Goff, Jared than Goff twice as many touchdowns as he's throwing interceptions. I can't imagine that you you'd pick a guy that turns the ball over more than he scores and put him above him. That, that just doesn't make any sense to me. But go go off. I'm just saying there's, there's 20, 25 quarterbacks that have around his stats. 20 to 25 quarterbacks that have around his stats? Jared Goff has great numbers. And he's Jared t- Goff is ranked 19th in QBR. He has seven touchdowns to two interceptions, 68 completion percentage. And 1,100 yards. Yeah. And he started one more game. So he has less touchdowns with a whole other game played. Including a game where they put up almost 40 points. And this is Jared Goff, who's viewed as one of the bottom-tier quarterbacks in the league. Who's well, by QBR, your- he is bottom-tier. All right, Zach. But next time, Heineke, but for Lamar, what would... What would you need to see from Lamar this season to have you put him in the top ten? I'd have to see consistent passing and less turnovers. No, be specific. Consistent you passing. Said numbers for everything else. Okay, you want you want me numbers. to give you numbers? I'd have to see him get 
I'd even give him I'd give him a break. If he gets above a uh, 98 QBR and 65% completion percentage, I'd put him top 10. Also, he has to have more touchdowns than he does turnovers, which he currently does not have. I feel like that's pretty reasonable. That's pretty reasonable. Currently eighty nine, so currently ninety eight point nine would still put him outside the top fifteen in QBR, but I feel like that's fair. And one last, let's let's say the Ravens win the Super Bowl. He puts up, you know, pretty much the numbers he has been. Good, not great. Would you still leave him out of your top ten? Even if they he comes win away. the Super Bowl, I don't think they could win the Super Bowl with his numbers right now. But let's say they do. Um, I don't know. It depends. Depends. Interesting. Depends. I could see them winning the Super Bowl. There's the not a is, lot. Because the thing is, like, even like, there's a bunch of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that weren't great quarterbacks. Like a bunch Please of say them. the T word. Huh? Please say the T word. I can say the T word. T word. No, I was thinking Brad Johnson. Uh, oh. Guys like him. I mean, there's a bunch of guys like that. Good, not great quarterbacks. That uh, can't believe he's top ten. He's literally top ten in QBR. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Does that mean he's a great quarterback? So far, he's been pretty good. He's a better QBR than Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Does that? I don't think he's better than Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Exactly. I can easily just let me just run through this quickly. Oh my god! All right, just just say quickly yes if they're better than Taylor Heineke. Okay. Okay. Russell Wilson. Yes. Oh my god! I said yes. You oh. took way too long. Oh my god. Relax. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Patrick Mahomes. Matthew Stafford. Yes. Dak Prescott. Yes. Kyler Murray. Yes. Joe Burrow. Yes. Kirk Cousins. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Tom Brady. Yes. Justin Herbert. Yes. Derek Carr. Yes. Josh Allen. Yes. Daniel Jones. No. Matt Ryan. No. Ryan Tannehill. No. Baker Mayfield. No. Wow. Interesting. That was at least, you had him at 12. Okay. I said he might be top 10. I didn't have a list in front of me. Interesting. Well, that will wrap up our first debate. Any Taylor Heineke stands out there? I bet you didn't see that coming. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody thought Taylor Heineke was going to be mentioned in the top ten quarterback tonight. So, well, yeah. Well, we're on to our next debate. Trevor, will you take over as moderator? I would love to. All right. For this debate, we are going to have Zach and Carrie going at it about Julio Jones. Was it a good acquisition? Was it a waste? Zach, I'll let you go first. Actually, Carrie, you were a no, Carrie, you were a horrible moderator. You started arguing. All right, Zach, you go first. Dude, the man said Taylor Heineke is a top ten quarterback. All right, all right, all right. 
All yeah, right, so that opening statement. So during the offseason, um, obviously the Titans acquired Julio Jones. He was on contract with uh, the Atlanta Falcons, a three-year, $66 million contract. They restructured it to a $1.3 million base with a $14 million signing bonus. Titans ended up losing a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick in that trade. Um, just going over real quickly some of the free agency losses that the Titans face. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, Dory Johnson, Malcolm Butler, Dennis Kelly, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, Jadavian Clowney, Daquan Jones, Desmond Keem, and Khalif Raymond. Okay, so basically my argument uh, amounts to this. It's, it's two simple questions, really. Um, did they bring in Julio Jones to average four yard or four receptions for 68 yards and zero touchdowns? And this also includes a game where he goes off for six catches for 125 yards. Um, and then also, did they bring in Julio Jones to make their offense worse? Because right now it is. All right. All right. Kerry, I'm going to let you go. Actually, I'm going to let you rebut that. A short rebuttal, if you have one. Do you have one? I'll go. For, first of all, this is not this nothing real to do with a rebuttal, but he should have had a touchdown. I would think it was week three. NFL, you screwed him. But I agree. True. But it didn't count, so what are you going to do? He's played his entire career with the Falcons. Matt Ryan is QB. He's just come to a new system. I mean, do you expect him to take off the numbers a couple weeks into the year? Obviously, it's going to take a few weeks to get into a rhythm with playing with a new quarterback in Tannehill. And so I don't think the numbers are going to jump off the page right away, Mm. but I think it's going to come down to the end of the year when you're really going to see it pay off. Okay. Okay. Um. So, Zach, sounds like you're thinking a lot of right now, it looks like the defense isn't going to get any better. Julio was a waste. That money could have been spent. Transaction could have been spent way much better. Gary, you think it'll pay off with the longevity, and at the end of the year when they're making that playoff push, getting in their final stride, you think that's when we'll see them pick it up, start taking off? When do I get my opening? I thought that was your opening. That was my rebuttal. Not Go my ahead. Opening. He can have his opening. I don't care. I will say this this defense is so bad, and it's been so bad for the last few years. Hmm. There's no way they're going to fix it in one offseason. This is a team like Kansas City that's going to be built around their offense, namely Tannehill, Henry, and the big receiving threat, Brown, and now Julio. They're going to beat you with their offense, not their defense. Obviously, the line struggled early on, not a big help either. But this is a team, again, built around Derrick Henry, pounding the run game, and play action. This defense has been a mess. I mean, even if they didn't get Julio, it's not like if they added a couple of guys instead that was going to transform this defense with how poor it's been this year. And I think they needed another receiver after they lost Corey Davis. There's not a lot of depth, as you saw last week for the Jets, after Brown and Julio. And, I mean, if they win the season with just Brown and maybe added another mid-tier guy, I mean, Tannehill really wouldn't have much to throw to. And then really just be a one-dimensional team just with Derrick Henry. There you go. Sounds good. All right. Um, Zach, do you have anything to rebut Gary with? Well, um, 
So the second question I asked was specifically about the offense, because if you look at their numbers, they're worse in almost every category. In fact, no, they are worse in uh, almost every... Yeah, except one. They have more first downs than they did last year. So if you look at points per game, last year they ranked fourth in the NFL in points per game. Right now they are 14th. In yards, they were second. Now they are ninth. In yards per play, they had 6.2 last year. They have a whole yard, whole yard less per play at 5.2 this year. Uh, like I said, they were better on first downs this year, so they're third right now on, on first downs, and they were fourth last year. So great job. You traded uh, a couple more first downs for a lot of points. Uh, and then passing touchdowns, this is where it really gets interesting because this is specifically where Julio should be a factor. They were 8th last year in passing touchdowns. This year they are 19th, bottom half of the league. In net yards per pass attempt, they were 7th last year. This year they are 29th, near the bottom. And if you thought that, you know, Julio coming into the team would, you know, help out the running game, because obviously now the defense has to worry about another premier pass catcher. Last year they were 2nd. This year they are 4th in rush yards per game, or total rush yards. And then yards per attempt, they were second last year. Now they are seventh. So my question is simple. With the addition of Julio, shouldn't this offense be better than it was last year? And if that's not the case, why is it so much worse? All right. One, one, obviously the line has not been as good as it was last year. Taylor Lewin had that awful week one, and they've struggled ever since. But my main rebuttal is the Titans are a second-half team. They have never started out well. Let me just go through their scores of their first few games last year. Week one, they had a great performance. Beat the Browns 43-13. After that, they lost to the Colts 19-17. They lost to the Jaguars 20-7. They beat the Falcons 24-10. Lost to the Bills 14-7. And then got shut out by the Broncos 16-0. So as especially with Derrick Henry, who seems to dominate as the year goes on, this Titans team is a second-half team that doesn't always start off as strong. And especially with how weak this division, the NFC South, is this year, Titans, I think, going to be a second-half team. I think there's not a lot of contention for anyone else besides them to win that division. Okay, I so mean, do you, do you agree wait, that? So I'm confused. So what? last year, last year they started five and zero. In twenty twenty, they started five and zero. So I'm confused as to where you're getting your information. The offense was bad. I remember Henry. Well, in our fantasy league last year, got traded in week they four. They scored sixteen. They scored sixteen in their opening game against Denver. They scored thirty three. Against Jacksonville, 133-30, over Minnesota, 42-16 over Buffalo, 42-36 over Houston before they dropped two, one to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who were hot early on last year, 24-27. Cincinnati Bengals, they lost 20-31. Then they went and beat Chicago, 24-17. So they started 6-2 last year and finished 11-5. Dude, what the fuck, Google? 
What? Google watch me. All right, our next debate is going to be Terry versus Google. <laughs> Google, if I look up the 2020 Titans schedule, you should give me the 2020 Titans schedule. ESPN, you're the real one. Or someone's lying to me. I'm on pro football reference right now. I remember last year, I remember Henry starting horribly. I don't remember if that translated to losses. Rush but... yards per game were a lot lower early on last year. So if you look at rush yards per game, it was 130 week one, 123, 134, 139 through four weeks. Mm-hmm. And then Houston in overtime, they won and they, he had he went for 263. Mm-hmm. Before going into pit, before playing Pittsburgh, they he only had eighty two, um, but he finished the finished the year strong. So two two eighteen ninety two one fifty seven one seventy three two twenty nine sixty two against Cleveland two forty nine one ninety five one fifty six two eighty eight. So yeah, the running game didn't start out great last year, but they were five and zero. And. I mean, you, it's hard to judge week four against the Jets. Uh, missing both Brown and... I agree. Julio. So that game kind of right off. Obviously, it was a terrible performance by Tennessee. Yeah. But next couple weeks, they got the Jags, whose defense is Bad. pretty much garbage. The Bills, who have a good defense. So obviously, that'll be a big game. And then the Chiefs, whose defense is also awful. So I think probably by I'm going to say by the Chiefs games when you're going to really see if once Julio gets healthy, is you'll see him start developing. But what confuses but, me is this, Kerry. It's it's pretty simple. Derrick Henry has had or the rushing game for Tennessee's actually started strong this year. They had a bad week one, and then two twelve week two, one eighty week three, and then one seventy seven last week in a loss to the Jets. What is what about this offense is not working? It's offense line easily, okay. and lack of lack of chemistry between Tannehill and Jones, which really started to look good that third game. You mean the second game? Second game, yeah, against Seahawks. Yeah, because in the third game they only had 198 passing yards. And third game, Julio was had an injury in that game, but. My question is, okay, so they don't get Julio, then what would they have done otherwise? And how would they get that... an offensive lineman to protect Tannehill, who has been sacked seventeen times through four weeks, and last year he only suffered twenty four sacks. You can't win oh, games I... getting sacked twenty four times in four games, or seventeen what times in four games. You can't. What do you guys think about that wide receiving core without Julio? Well, I mean, I, 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 last week gets terrible. I think that you could easily afford two mediocre wide receivers. I mean, Adam Humphreys and Khalif Raymond. Khalif Raymond's having a pretty decent season up in Detroit. I think you could easily get back the production that you that you get with Julio with Adam Humphreys and Khalif Raymond. I don't think Adam Humphreys is going to come in there as a game-changer. He's not going to be a game-changer. I'm not asking him to be a game-changer. I'm asking him to catch two to three passes a game, which is basically what Julio is doing right now. But, I mean, you take away Julio, then, you know, the best corner on each team is just going to go after Brown and 
double coverage. And then who is he going to throw to? The tight ends have been Absolutely. non-existent. They don't really have a re- – Henry's an okay receiving back at best. Well, they decided not to re-sign Johnny Smith, so that's that's up to the Titans, not up to me. They decided to go after Bud Dupree and Danico Autry for a combined over $100 million this, this offseason. So, I mean – And Johnny Smith is – That's their decision. They decided battle. to go for pass rushers when their defense still sucks and their offense has gotten worse. That's a, that's a Titans issue. That's not my issue. I think the money could have been spent better elsewhere. I mean, this this team really isn't going to go anywhere until the O line improves. But that, that's this, my point, though. This O line's not getting get, not going to get better. This is this is an O line that struggled with injuries early on, and is pretty much the same group from last year, led by Taylor Lewin, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, etc. But they've struggled to stay healthy. And I think once this team gets back to 100%, and especially with how rough their division is, do you, th- do you see anyone else winning that division? No, I think that everyone in that division is garbage. Including and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I'm a fan of. And especially in a what's pretty much is a weak AFC, this team. Let's say you go up against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Would you rather be going against them with having Julio Jones out there? I against the Chiefs, I don't think it matters. <laughs> like at least pick a team that has a decent defense. If you want me to, if you want me to say that Julio matters, well, it's going to be a shootout. Rather- would you rather would you rather have Julio Jones in your team in the playoffs or not? Would I rather have Julio Jones on my team in the playoffs than a couple other players that could do the same exact thing and produce the same amount that he's producing currently? Yeah, I'd rather have those players. No, I'm not saying about other players. I'm saying regardless of other players. But that's not the conversation we're having, Kerry. The conversation we're having, was it a good acquisition for the team? And I say no. I know. Because he doesn't help and their I'm, team enough to, to cost-benefit analysis. You're a business major. You should know this, or an accounting major, whatever the fuck. You should know that when you're doing a cost-benefit analysis, you have to look at how much they help the team versus how much they cost the team. And I think that he costs the team more than he helps the team. And do you really think that adding one or two guys to that defense wouldn't have made a difference. No, I, I a lie. Again, the argument never has been defense for me. I said, why is the offense worse? And it's worse in nearly every category except first downs. They're not scoring nearly as many points as they were last year. They're not getting nearly as many yards as they were last year. They aren't scoring as many passing touchdowns as they were last year. And they're not getting as many yards per attempt in terms of passing as they were last year. These are all things that Julio Jones should have helped improve and they've gone the opposite here's direction. Here's the thing again. Can you compare four games into a season, especially one game missing your top two wide receivers, compared to an entire season? That is, Kerry, that's, that's what we're asked to do. As, as people reporting on stuff, we're asked to compare these kind of things. Like, uh, can, can you, you compare can't... an entire season to four games? No, I can't. But is is it rare that a team goes two and two and then ends up doing well throughout the, the rest of the season? Yeah, it is pretty rare. With the division they're in, including playing the Jaguars and the Texans four times in a season, 
yes, they're going to prove. Is that so far out of the question? I don't think it's so far out of the question. But are they going to get back to last year's numbers? Because to me, right now, they're very far away from last year's numbers. Early on. Kerry, they're 14th. They went down 10 positions in terms of points per game. Four games in a season, which the last game is very hard to count. I'm saying when you see this team completely healthy, which may not be next week, but it's the Jaguars, so it really doesn't matter if you're throwing a third-string quarterback, throwing a punter out there. But when you see this team healthy, it's unnecessary. I would take the Jaguars in that game, especially after they just lost to the Jets. I would take the Jaguars in that game. Dude, imagine being like a Jags fan, just like invested in this argument, and you just get like slapped in the face out of nowhere. Well, it's okay. It's because he doesn't have any really good arguments of his own, so he's going to go after the team that I root for. That's fine. doesn't matter to me. It just shows that he's wrong. How? It shows the Jaguars have no defense. But Well, it's a good thing we're not talking about the Jaguars. He keeps switching the subject away from Julio and how the fact that he hasn't improved their offense one bit. In fact, their offense has gotten worse. So, really, it's just hurting your argument. So you're just saying I mean, the Titans will do better against the Jaguars. Compared, okay. You're comparing. They only put up 24 se- against full, the Jets. A full season, which includes games against the Jaguars, which usually Derrick Henry kind of goes off. Am I wrong? No. Yes. But but is Julio Jones the running back? Did we expect Derrick Henry to do well this year? I'd say uh, – Julio Jones is not a running back, and we expected Derrick Henry to do well this year, especially against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You keep bringing up offensive stats for the whole team. Obviously, the passing game has started off slow, and I told you, do you really expect Julio Jones in his first couple games with a brand-new QB to be the same player he was? Or do you think it's going to take – Maybe, I don't know, five or six weeks for him to start get going and get so, some so, so he So, okay, fair. So if through five or six games they are not up to last season's numbers, would you say that you're wrong? I I think it take more than that. Okay, well then, then why bring up five or six games? Why bring up five or six games? Because you brought I'm up saying, five or six games and then you're like, Oh, well, no, no. Even through five or six games, if I'm wrong, then I'm not actually wrong. Because really, you can't really judge it till the full season in. Obviously, the more games you play, the more you can lean one way or the other. If, you know, we, comes, we see two or three more weeks of this, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe Zach was right. Okay. But then, wait in the playoffs, and when Julio Jones is burning the Chiefs' trash secondary, then you never know. Okay, so okay, so if at the end of the year, the end of the year, Julio Jones has the worst year in his entire career, would you say that I'm right? Yeah, I'd say you're right. Okay, because currently he's on track for that. He's currently on track for that, just FYI. If they improve greatly and Julio finishes very strong, would you say you're wrong, Zach? Absolutely. Would it take them winning, I don't know, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14 games. So I don't so think they're going to win. What was the record last year? It was 11 and 5. 11 maybe? and 5. Let me just double check that. 
Yeah, it was eleven and five. Yeah, at the end of the season, and then they lost in the playoffs to Baltimore. Um, and I really don't. I see this team maybe around like the ten or eleven range, maybe even less. But their division's so shitty, Kerry. Oh, yeah, with with how bad the division is, they're going to win anyway. <laughs> um. So they're probably going to beat Jacksonville this week. They lose to Buffalo. They lose to KC. Um, Indy's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, they're going to lose to the Rams. They'll probably beat the Saints. Probably beat the Texans. New England's going to be a good game to watch. They'll beat the Jags. Mm, it's going to be a close game against the Steelers. Probably lose to the Niners. Steelers. Have you watched Ben Roethlisberger? No, but I've seen that offense. Um, what offense? Yeah, exactly. There is absolutely no offense going on in Tennessee right now except for Derrick Henry. And the Pittsburgh has a great front seven. Um, Miami, they'll win, and then they'll beat Houston. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six maybe guaranteed wins this year. So they'll go eight and eight or eight and nine or something like that. Maybe win the division that way. I think you're just traumatized from them losing to the Jets. Well, I, I think it shows a lot that they lost to what a lot of people considered the worst team in the NFL. I will give the Jets defense is not is not they're decent. Great. They're decent. Their defense is decent, yeah. yeah. But the fact that Tennessee was only able to put up twenty four points against them because here's but, the thing: you also have to remember when you're talking about defense, uh, the offense matters when you're talking about defense because if the offense isn't on the field, then it doesn't matter how good the defense is. You're going to lose. And but that Jets offense, we've watched week after week, then play like absolute garbage. Zach Wilson had a great half last week. <laughs> no, he was amazing. Seriously. He looked great. He was like... He was bad. He looked bad in the first quarter, but second half, he did great second half. He had a pretty good second no, half. Yeah. But I think obviously... That game, without Jones and Brown, I think Tannehill just went back to his old Dolphins ways. I think part of it's been on Tannehill, too, because he isn't yeah, looked he's, as he's strong. He's played like dog doo-doo. He's one of the guys, one of the very few number of guys that are below Lamar Jackson on QBR. Okay. You're lucky I'm a moderator right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, And also, the, the Titans defense have only forced two turnovers this year while the offense has turned the ball over seven times. Yeah, they've had plenty of fumbles, especially in hell. Yeah, it's been ugly, ugly offense. Um, Just for comparison, I believe the Titans um, forced – what was it? I think they forced – yeah, they were uh, second in the league last year in terms of turnovers. Even though their defense wasn't good, they were forcing turnovers. So, all right. Well, we'll but, head uh, to our but that, final debate. But, yeah, we'll go to the final debate, and I'm going to be the moderator. So, I don't know exactly how you guys want me to frame this debate because uh, I just got the text that it was Trevor versus Kerry on Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady. Is it? Is it- it's who's a better kisser. 
Are we gonna call uh, Tom Brady's kids into the chat or? Oh, we actually have no. them waiting in the lobby. They're uh, they're actually coming on My special guests tonight. My dad's the best in the world. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> we're gonna need another Oktoberfest after that. Uh, so, so what's the art? What's the argument about? Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Basically, who is responsible for the success? Who would you rather have? Okay. And uh, Trevor will be on the side of Tom Brady. Kara will be on the side of Bill Belichick. I'm going to moderate this debate. And uh, we're going to go ahead and give Trevor an opening statement. Kerry, are you familiar with uh, Asante Samuel being a Patriots fan? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, what do you think about him? Good guy, bad guy, smart guy, dumb guy, anything? He's a good cornerback. And his, his son's pretty good, too. L.A. Chargers. Mm-hmm. He is, he is. But he went to Florida State, so we're not going to talk about him. Sure, but, sure. <clears throat> as a, a, a longtime Patriot, very successful Patriot, somebody that's likely loved in that organization, uh, he said something about uh, Bill Belichick. He said, but without Brady, he is just another coach, in my opinion. I know that's just some guy's opinion, some guy that just played for him, but... It helps my side out, so I had to kick it off with that. Um, but when we're looking at Belichick without Brady, it's a small sample size, I'll give you that. And it's a weird sample size that brings up a lot of uh, a lot of Cleveland Browns. But um, in Cleveland, he was 30-34 regular season. And without Brady overall, Tom, without Brady overall, Bill Belichick is 53 and 59, six games under 500. I think he had the recipe and he brought up somebody that was perfect for his system, but it seemed like the student eventually became the teacher. And then that same student one day came back and became the principal. And (laughs) he just won, he just won it last year. And he's about to get a promotion to, I don't know, whatever's above principal. So, Bill, you were great. You are great. You got a great legacy. But you taught somebody too well. And and Brady's above him now all time. But as as far as being responsible for the legacy, I think it's 50-50. I think the way Brady... The way Brady bought into Belichick's system, the way he bought into it, taught him how to read the defense, took it as seriously as he took it. It's, I, that's got to be 50-50 for the success in uh, in um, New England. But one of them has success outside of the other. So that's my opening statement. Okay. Kerry, go ahead and give your right. statement. I agree with Trevor on the fact that I don't think the Patriots would have had the success they had without both of them, that they were both responsible. But I'd say one more than the other. And first rebuttal, do we, should we ever judge anything by the Cleveland Browns, like, ever? No. I was like, I knew he coached somewhere else, and I was really excited to throw that in, and I saw it was like the Browns in the 90s, and I was like, well, I hope uh, – Hope I can just slip that under the rug real fast. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think like anybody could have coached that team ever. 
So shout out to Kevin Stefanski and Baker now. <laughs> but throughout the Patriots' dominance, obviously Brady looked great. But a lot of the times, you know, in the Super Bowls, Brady got him there. But what did it really come down to? Was it the defense making plays? Malcolm Butler, the kicker, Benatari having big kicks. And Patriots defense throughout the Patriots dynasty was pretty much in the top 10 in yards and points allowed every single season. Well, this it, is weird. The offense, it's weird. It's good. But was it the offense leading the way every year? Was it Brady? Was it always Brady? And I think, obviously, last couple of years, not getting Brady the weapons he needed. I think Brady needs skilled players around him to succeed. As you saw, Tampa figured it, did it especially. That, you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, A.B., Gronk, with all those weapons, he's in the position to succeed. But if he didn't have those weapons, he didn't have that system around him, I don't think he would have the success that he did. Objective. No wait, wait. Hold on. It's his turn to talk. And I, and really, if you just watched uh, the game on Sunday, you saw Bill Belichick pretty much knew everything Tom Brady was going to throw at him. Tom Brady did not do much to win that game. He was wildly inaccurate, built a great job of the defense containing him the whole game, except for his stupid decision to kick the field goal at the end of the game. But... No thoughts on that. And you saw how Mac Jones came in there, 19 straight completions. He had his best game of his pro career. He looked like a mini Brady out there. And who knows, in a couple years, if he had a guy like Mac in that system, he could have won as well. I mean, you've seen whenever Brady hasn't played, the Matt Castle year, they didn't get the playoffs, but I think they finished like 10-6. and six. You saw Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett have success in New England as well. And even the first year, the first Super Bowl, Drew, Drew Bledsoe probably could have won that ring regardless of Brady. Hmm. Okay. Trevor? So I'm going to give Trevor a chance to re- for rebuttal here. Yeah, you said a lot of things I don't like. A few things I respect, but a lot of things I didn't like. I'll take it. I hate the the if the here and there if he didn't have all these great players if okay, well, I mean just, can I can I in, interject just as a moderator that is yeah, the game, that's kind of the game we're playing here is is if but uh, there's there's you know there's no way to happen. tell there is no way to tell but it it is the game of if all right you and continue can I, can I interrupt once more mm-hmm. the yeah. Bucks are a much more talented team would you agree than the Patriots. Roster-wise, ex- with the exception of the secondary. Yeah, but Tom is also not in his prime right now. He's coming off a Super Bowl win and 40-plus touchdowns. He had he tore up defense his first three weeks of the season. But, I mean, I mean, he's still at a very high level, but he's not the guy he was, you know, a few years ago. But, if he was that guy in Tampa, they wouldn't have lost the game last year. But with... Belichick, you know, he hasn't had the best rosters when 
without Brady, like last year especially, when Brady went on to win the Super Bowl, Belichick, you know, Patriots didn't have the best roster and they didn't perform as well. So it's kind of hard to gauge in that way. Because obviously the ifs, but it's like if Tom Brady was on another team, would he have the success he did? But if another, if Bill Belichick, let's say, had, you know, Matthew Stafford or somebody throughout that era instead of Brady, would have, would they still have been as dominant? I think since we both, we both agree that, that, uh, that Patriots dynasty was, was 50 50 or it was 51 49. Like it was, very close for what each other is responsible for, for that great run. I agree. Which is why the only really thing that we can look at is what they have done outside of each other. Pause. Um, And we got a Super Bowl for Brady. He had a great team, but outside of that, Bill, I mean, he was nine and seven last year and I know the, the quarterback situation wasn't great, but that's what we're saying. Would Bill have been great? Can Bill be great without Tom? He never had these, you know, super teams with Brady. I mean, he had some very a lot of talent on offense, talent on defense, but he never had a, an outstanding, amazing team. And the argument is, you know, without Brady. Now he's without Brady. We can't say, all right, without Brady, but we should give him Mahomes, we should give him Rodgers. He's without Brady right now and. If Brady started his career, if Brady's career was backwards, I guess, and he ended his career in New England, I think it would have been completely different in his case, but I don't think he would have started the same, but I think he has taken that step over Belichick, he's become the principal, and you know, Belichick, he, he did all he could to stop him, but he still lost. And at the end of the day, that's the biggest part about a football game. Brady didn't have a huge game. Belichick threw some stones at him, but Brady won. The Pats lost. That's that's the end of it for me. That's the football game. That's the game being played, you know? But I think it's – you just look at the talent rise. Just if – Belichick had the same roster Brady does without Belichick, without Brady. Would he be better? And Brady had the Patriots roster. Brady's thrown, he's struggled when he hasn't had weapons to throw to and he hasn't had a good defense around him. Basically the Patriots two years ago. And obviously now the Patriots roster is a lot inferior to the Bucs, especially last season. But Brady, Brady struggling two years ago in New England is also Belichick struggling two years ago in New England. I'd agree. They both struggle. It was time for them both to move on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we're saying the same thing here. I don't think we are. Patriots needed a restart. They yes. Because need... Brady... Needs the weapons around him. And obviously he wasn't going to get that there. But he, you, you said he's, I mean, he's won Super Bowls with, with much less, right? Than this Tampa one. With, I would say with the Belichick. Tampa, 
I would say this Tampa team is probably the most talented team he's ever had, with the exception of the Randy Moss sixteen and zero season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at you look at the Patriots teams in the past; they haven't had the the insane amount of receivers and all these little tools that Brady can use in that offense. Mm-hmm. And that front, and the Bucks front seven is as dangerous as it can be. Right. I think once Bill Belichick, I, I would like to think it was Belichick because of how they latched together and they had this long dynasty. But if it wasn't, once that fire went off in Tom Brady's mind, it didn't matter where he was. I don't know how many years in that was. I don't know which Super Bowl that was. But once he grasps football like he does right now, can read a defense like he does right now, can think steps, plays ahead like he can right now, I think once that fire went off, it didn't matter where he was, that he was going to find a way to win. He was going to have a system that works around him. And I do think that was because Belichick, but I think Belichick is at his peak right now, and you kind of know what you're going to get out of Belichick. I mean, Mac looks good, but at the end of the day, they're one and three. You You don't see a lot of guaranteed promise coming out of New England right now. And on the other side of the page... What? What do you mean? Did you not watch Mac Jones? I mean, I did, but, I mean, before this game... Pretty much the reviews around everywhere that is Mac Jones outplayed Brady last week. And a lot of people said the Patriots pretty much won this game just by showing how successful... What what does that mean? They sound like Dan Mullen right now. You don't say that around a hurting Gator fan. Was this Patriots team expected to win this year? No. Was this a Patriots team that came in and beat the def- almost beat the defending Super Bowl champions with a rookie quarterback in his fourth game who outplayed the GOAT? And it's his first game where he's looked like he could be here long term. With, and I'd say with Belichick, not a I think just how Zach can make a little the short like, pass can succeed in that system. I think how you said Zach was drunk off of losing to the Jets. I think you're drunk off of almost beating the Bucks at Gillette. Well, first of, first of all, you would have had well, to watch. Well, okay, the game. So, so, so real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here. So the so Kerry is correct on the fact that Mac Jones did outplay Brady. Yeah, I think week. so. Yeah, okay. yeah, in a in a in a regular season game, week four. Yeah, I just want a guy in his a guy in his fourth NFL game. Okay, with, and. You look at pay, pay, what weapons he have. The Patriots line has been terrible this year. Does he have Antonio Brown to throw to and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? No, but I mean that's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like I'm saying with this team that Bill Belichick has assembled both last year and this year without Tom Brady, to me it looks like that is where they're going to get to. If they get lucky, I could see them going 10 and 7 or 11 and 6 next year. If they put it all together, I could see them winning 11 games. But 
if if you were to tell me that next year that Tom Brady is going to put it all together with the Bucks, like what do you think that means? That sounds terrifying, right? I, I'm saying Belichick with what he's cooking up right now, he just it looks to me like that might be his peak and that might be his without Brady phase, his without Brady stage. Because he's, I mean, eventually, if you're going to want to be put over Brady all time, first of all, just recency bias in the general public probably already has Brady over Belichick all time anyways. Just also with Brady being a lot more famous and, you know, outspoken and more of a public figure. But if Belichick doesn't do anything without Brady before he retires, he's got no chance of ever winning that debate, you know. I'd agree he'd have, he'd have to at least show he could get somewhere without Brady. Right. But do you, do you think that could happen right now? Like looking at the next two years? I do. Do you see, you I see do. promise? I don't, you see, yes, you see promise coming game. out of the Yes, I do. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's going to be this year. I think in the next two or three years, you're going to see as Mac was the best quarterback taken in this draft that you're going to see the Patriots defense continue to develop and that this Patriots team will be one of the contenders in the AFC by next year if not the third year that is where we completely disagree because and obviously we're where a little bias might be sitting in but even if not we disagree there because I just I see the Patriots. They played well. Mac Jones, 19 straight completions. He looked like he put it all together, but they're one in three. And so, like, if he puts it all together, what does that mean? They're two but, and two? Like, but, uh, again, bias is Patriots fan, but this is a one in three team that was wait, a – Wait, 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 wait. That, okay, so I have to – Wait, 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 wait. This is a one in three team that was a fumble away from beating the Dolphins – and a field goal away from at least getting to the final, giving Brady a chance uh, last Sunday. Hey, but there's one play in every single game could change it, you okay, know? But, obviously, but, obviously. But real real quick, um, yeah. so I have to kind of call you out, Trevor, because you said, oh, if Mac puts it together, what are they, a 2-2 two and two team? But if Mac does put it together, they are a 2-2 two and two team, and that makes Tampa Bay a 2-2 two and two team. Not necessarily. What I mean, you, it, mean, it looked like they, they put it all together. La- it looked like they had it all put together last week. They, and they scored still lost. 17 points. You, you didn't watch the game, Trevor. That's the problem. No, I watched the game. I watched Please, enough man. of the game. The Bucks looked terrible. They did, and the defense was getting after him very early in the game. The first quarter, Brady looked like a deer in a headlights. The entire like, game he did. Huh? The entire game he did. The Bucks, the Bucks front seven was, I'd say, the reason they were in that game. And Leonard Fournette, who had a great game, also. Mm-hmm. Fournette, the Patriots couldn't stop Fournette on the ground, and the Patriots, I think, they finished with like negative one rushing yards. But it really wasn't Brady. The Pate, for the second straight week, the Bucks just didn't look that impressive. And I think a better team than the Patriots could have won that game. Should have won that game too. 
Mm-hmm. Like if they but, if they play the Rams again, that the Rams would have won that game. But a guy, if if there was a guy that was supposed to be drawing up a plan to stop Leonard Fournette and to score more than seventeen points on the Bucks, who would that guy be? His initials are B B. And I think he was more focused on Brady. I mean, the B-B. whole Brady. To hold Brady to zero touchdowns in his return to New England, is that not impressive? When Bel- you know Brady had been had this game in his calendar for a year. Yeah, and he won. Shut him down. But he won. Like I like that's another thing. Like that's what Tom Brady cared about. When he circled that game on his calendar, he didn't say, Oh, I hope I throw for three hundred and fifty yards this week. He was saying, he I want Brian Suckup to make four field goals and have us win. Yeah. He wanted to win in Gillette. <laughs> even it pro- You know what? It probably sucks even more that you were so close and you still couldn't do it, didn't it? Brady played like ass. That's the first time I've ever cussed on this show. Brady played like ass, all right? And you still couldn't beat him? Wait, but Bill? that hurts your argument, Trevor. Yeah. Wow. It hurts your argument because Brady played like ass. You're arguing yeah, that, I mean, that Tom Brady, Brady is, is more responsible for great, the yeah. dynasty. And no, you're saying played like, Tom played Brady played like ass. If Brady he played was, like ass on Sunday. That's okay. Brady, like, Trevor, nobody Trevor, has Trevor, he's like a, the hundreds of Trevor, games in the NFL. Trevor, he's not going to play them. What? If he, was, if he was so dominant, wouldn't he have come into New England and just destroyed Bill Belichick, throw for three touchdowns, 400 yards? I'm if not talking about who I'm not saying who was better on Sunday. I'm saying all time who was Have better. Have they played each other before? No. No. Can you it is is that a pretty important factor in grading? Not really. It's so, a coach and a quarterback. It'd be different if it was like two centers like Shaq and Kareem or something. What? <laughs> the most right. important part of this game was the winner. All right. Bill is not Wait, happy with all right. himself. Well, Zach, I want to hear a 30-second Zach thought on this so, debate. So I'm pretty much with you guys uh, with the whole 50-50 thing um, in terms of who was more responsible for that dynasty. Um, but I do think that this game specifically, I know Trevor doesn't want to talk about this game, but this game specifically showed that if you let Bill Belichick scheme defenses against Tom Brady, that Tom Brady isn't very difficult to figure out. Um, I don't think you can judge that by one game. Uh, it's actually Tom been Brady. a reoccurring theme with former Patriots coaches against Tom Brady. They've actually performed very well defensively against him. Just Vrabel and Bill now. Brian Flores. He still couldn't beat him. Yeah, Brian, Brian Flores... When you're talking, when you're talking about former coaches against a quarterback, you have to take into account the quarterback's statistics. It's not about whether or not you win or lose the game. It's how well did the quarterback perform against their former coaches, and the quarterback did not perform well in this case. Would you disagree? Do you think Brady played well? I think he played like ass. Yeah, exactly. So I do think that that shows that Bill Belichick can scheme against Tom Brady. But I think um, the most important part of this game was who won. Okay, well that is where we disagree. So, I think the Bucks talent, the Bucks roster is much more talented than New England's, 
And I think that judging a, a team game, uh, you can't judge who's better, the quarterback or the coach, based on who wins the game. I think you have to look at you know, who performed better, the quarterback or the coach. The Tampa Bay being the defending Super Bowl champions going into New England, who went eight and went nine and seven last year. It's like Two seven. Huh? I think it was like seven and nine. Seven and nine. nine and seven. Oh, they went nine and seven? Okay. Who went nine Eight. and seven last year, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, I think that says a lot for Bill Belichick's coaching credibility. Um, and the fact that Tom Brady was unable to score a touchdown also says a lot about uh, Bill Belichick's okay, coaching but, credibility. Okay, but last year they went nine and seven. Congratulations. So did the, like, I don't know. Somebody, okay. You can't, you, can't, you can't compare that roster they had last year with the Bucks. Cam Newton, <laughs> Jacoby Myers, wide receiver one. Like, come on. Not saying that's on the pit on Kraft and Belichick for putting together a bad roster, but it's you really can't compare with how bad of a team they had last year. And the team they have this year is not very great, and they just took the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions to the brink. Um, At home in prime time, and they lost. And Tom Brady played like ass, according to you. That was probably yeah, the worst that's... point of your argument when you admitted that Tom Brady played like ass. No, because I'm talking about all time. Like, he can have a bad game. But every... he shouldn't against his former coach, which is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest regular season games he's ever had. Okay, and he won. Because of him, like this is just a circle. This point. yeah, it's just a circle. Head on to the picks. We're going on to the picks. Okay, so before I let you know who did well last week, who do you guys think won last week? Who who do you think did really good last week? Zach. Okay. Say that I won because I'm feeling really good after Tom Brady won. I feel like winning is the most important part. Oh, dear. Okay, so the winner last week was Carrie. All the way up! (laughs) Carrie went 14-2. and That's the best record we've had so far on the podcast. Um, I had the worst record so far on the podcast. Uh, I did not do well. Um, I did really, really bad. And I think it was because last week I made a lot of picks based on my gut, so I'm not going to do that ever again. Um, but, uh, Carrie went 14 and 2, Trevor went 13 and 3, and Ooh. I went 5 and 11. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Um, but, uh, so the current standings right now, Trevor leads... 42 and 22. Carrie's in second with 41 and 23. And I'm way back at 36 and 28. So, it's a long season, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, so, we're going to go ahead and start it off. We're going to go right into it. Los Angeles Rams playing the Seattle Seahawks. Who you going with, Trevor? Uh... Rams comeback game after losing last week. 
I think they're they're a lot more talented spread out than Seattle is. Okay. Gary? Gary. Honestly, I want to pick the Seahawks, but I'm going to go with the Rams. But I think it's going to be close, and honestly, I could see it going either way. So I'm right with you, Gary. I could see it going either way, but I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, going into the next game, we have the Jets playing the Falcons, the Pooper Bowl. Who are you going with, Gary? <laughs> I'm going to say the Jets. Oh! Coming off, coming off the momentum last week, I think they're going to do better against a pretty bad Falcons defense, and I think the Falcons are going to shoot themselves in the foot like they always do. Jets take it. All right. Trevor? Um, Kyle Pitts coming out party. Atlanta by 24. Wow. Okay, I am uh, right with you, Kerry. I'm taking the Jets on the road. I think they kind of found themselves last week against a bad defense, and they're going up against another bad defense this week. Their defense is pretty decent, so I think they'll be fine against the Falcons' offense. So I'm going to take the Jets. Going ahead to the Patriots at the Texans. Who are you going with, Trevor? Um... I'm gonna, I think I think Bill Belichick can handle the Texans. I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with the Patriots. All right. <laughs> Gary? If you watched Davis Mills play last week and you've seen uh, Bill Belichick's success against rookie quarterbacks, I think you could tell who's going to win. But what if he loses to another quarterback that's not – Good. You know what? Never mind. Just if, go ahead, if he loses, no, just go. Just stop. Stop. If he loses to Davis Mills, I'll buy you a beer. One beer. Yep. All right. I am going with New England, and I want you to color me a picture of Tom Brady and mail it to me. Sure, I'll. I'll do, I will do that, sir. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with New England as well. Uh, New England looks lost without Tyrod. I'm sad. All right. Next up, Detroit. At Minnesota, who are you going with, Trevor? Um, Minnesota. All right. Kerry? Minnesota. They played bad last week, and I think they're going to bounce back against a soft Detroit defense. I believe in Kirk Cousins. Going with Minnesota. All right, Philly at Carolina. Who are you taking? Kerry? That should be an interesting game. Um, I want to say Carolina, though I like Philly. But I think Carolina will edge it out. Um, I don't think it'll be particularly close, but I got the Panthers as well. Sam Darnold again. Have I, I don't think I've picked against him yet. So, All right. Best, best running back in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I think Philly's going to take this game down. That Panthers offense um, doesn't look nearly as good without CMC. So uh, I'm taking I'm taking uh, Philly on the road, um, trying to bounce back after a tough loss in Dallas. Or no, they played Kansas City. Sorry. Um, and they lost to Dallas the week before. But uh, I'm taking Philly. Uh, New Orleans at Washington. Trevor, who take it? Uh... Um, 
Um, I mean, one of these teams has a top 10 quarterback in the league. Give me Heineke, man. Heck yeah. All right, Kerry? I'm going with New Orleans. They've been a hit-or-miss team this year, and against the Washington defense has really struggled. I think this is going to be another big Jameis day. Uh, I'm going with uh, Washington because I believe in Taylor Heineke because he's a top-10 quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys will see. He'll expose that New Orleans defense. Maybe if, like, the rest of the league gets COVID and dies or something. <laughs> wow. Okay. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Who are you going with, Gary? Uh, Tennessee. I have no no faith in Jacksonville, especially after all the off-the-field drama this week. All right. Trevor? Yeah, Titans as well. Jags. Ugh. You're not picking them until they win, right, Zach? Uh, yeah, so I was just about to ask you, did they win? They did not, sadly. Okay, okay. So uh, we all know who I'm going with. All right. Miami at Tampa Bay. Who are you going with, Trevor? Bucks by 50. <laughs> Last time you said that, they barely won. This this is more realistic. That was against Dallas. That was just all hype. It was the first game of the year. This might actually be Bucks by 50. Okay. <laughs> all right. Gary? I'm actually going to this game, which yeah. means okay. I will pick the box. And, Zach, I have some sad news for you. Yeah. You will not be eating paper this season. Brandon Scherf to miss at least two weeks because of a knee injury. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Let's go. I knew it. Did you see when he went down right by the crowd? Some guy dropped a beer, like, right beside his head. <laughs> that was a was fan me. of the show, baby. That he was like, our, Zach's our not eating paper. That should be our, our sports commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? Just for that, I'm taking Brady. <laughs> oh, man, that's amazing. Oh, I'm so happy. All right. I knew it. I called it. I called it. I'm yeah, a, I'm only a, a couple weeks away from Sam Ellinger not buying you guys beer. We're going to have to make some second half ones. I think he's activated soon, though. Yeah. Just need when to get hurt. Yeah. Not really far. Again. <laughs> a beat up Wentz. Will he get hurt? Who knows? Because <laughs> I think that that team's out on Jacob Eason right now. <laughs> Looks yeah, like all right, Green Bay at Cincinnati. Kerry, who are you going to? I'm going to say the Bengals. Whoa. Dude, this game makes me feel really freaky, too. The Bengals' defense has looked a lot better this year. Joe looks good when he's healthy. Packers team, they're known for some duds here and there, and I think this week's going to be one of them. Trevor? This game, this game you know I like to make it weird. Yeah. But, uh... Man, this game really had me feeling kind of tingly in, in play. Never mind. Uh, but I, still, I'm going to go with the Packers. Yeah. But I, I really, if I if I go 15-1 and one next week and this is a game I lose, I'll be happy. <laughs> go I'm Bengals. Gonna, I'm going to go with the Packers as well. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks like a guy on a mission right now. So I'm not betting against him. Next up, we have Denver going to Pittsburgh to take on Steelers. Who are you going with, Trevor? Um, just want to say game of the week that I will 100% not be watching. So 
you never watch any of the games, so it's not that surprising. Oh, I do, man. This one, dude. I might, I might give the rather watch the Jags and Falcons more than this. Um, <laughs> the Jags and the Falcons don't play, so that'd be hard. I mean, the Jets, Jets and Falcons. Um, <laughs> this is how you know he doesn't watch. Okay, I don't watch future football. I'm sorry. Um, I will go with not the Steelers. Taking Denver on the road, okay. No, I can't. Give me the Steelers. <laughs> okay. All right, Gary. Yeah, I've, I have like barely any faith in Ben Roethlisberger, but I have even less faith in Drew Locke. I think Ben has a passable game, which kind of gets people off his backs, and Steelers barely pull it out in a low-scoring affair. Wait, is Drew Locke going to be the starter for the Denver game? I'm assuming so. Drew Locke all the way, baby. Let's go, Denver! You looked awful last week. Denver! All right, next up, we got the Chicago Bears traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Who are you going with, Kerry? I'm going to go with the Raiders. I think they bounce back after last night's loss. I don't really have a lot of faith in this Bears team, especially with David Montgomery. Expected to miss four to five weeks. I'm so happy he's not out for the year. Yeah, I have him in two of my fantasy leagues, and he has been a very nice surprise. Yeah, yeah, that, that offense is going to be interesting with mm-hmm. without him, and who knows who's going to be the quarterback next week, this week. All right, yeah, Kerry, I'm, or Trevor, sorry. I'm going with Kerry. I got uh, the Raiders. All right. I have not picked against Derek Carr this year, and I will not do it now. I'm taking right. the Raiders at home. Derek Carr flying high right now. Had an off game last week, but he's ready to bounce back, put up 700 points on the Bears. Um, so I'm going with Las Vegas. Next up, we have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Chargers in L.A. Who are you going with, Trevor? Ooh. Um, this one hurts. I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> Why does it hurt? I didn't say anything. Because there's no, there's no defending Baker after last week. Stop. <laughs> Can, can anyone answer why he's the worst quarterback when OBJ is on the field? Kerry, I'm already down. Stop me. No, but <laughs> whenever he plays with Odell Beckham Jr., he's terrible. But no, when yeah, OBJ is out, down this year. every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. His, QB, I, I mean, his QB rating is, like, incredibly lower whenever he plays with Beckham. Listen, if you, had to, if you had to go outside – and watch a bunch of sweaty men run around, and one of those sweaty men was OBJ, do you think you might become eventually a little distracted? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time for Trevor to put down the beer. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah and Oktoberfest is back, baby. <laughs> All right, but, you're taking uh, Los Angeles, I presume, Carrie. Chargers, they, they're legit. Harbor's the real deal. Yep. No sophomore slump this year. Chargers all the way. I was wrong. All a bit. All right. Next up, we've got the Giants traveling to Dallas. Take on the Cowboys. Who are you going with in this NFC East divisional matchup? Kerry. 
Danny, 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 Upset Cowboys in Dallas. See you later, Jerry Jones. It's Danny Dimes' world. We're just living in it. Okay. Four hundred two yards. World instead of Jerry World. Exactly. Right. Yeah, give me the boys. Wait, actually, wait. What are your guys' quick thoughts on Danny Jones after last week's performance? After I've been hyping him up all off season. No, he. It's definitely not him. <laughs> the, the problem no i mean i mean not his success oh, okay I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I was like it's definitely not him no i mean the problem in new yeah, york the problem with that team, not. i agree it's they look like they got somebody that they should be thankful to have yeah so trevor you're taking the boys i am yeah, yeah. after after verbally kissed never mind <laughs> okay. I'm taking the Cowboys as well. Dak looks incredible this year. Zeke looks better than he did last year. Um, I think that Dallas walks away with the W here. Uh, I think it's their division to lose at this point. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of fight Washington puts up with that defense. Right now, for Washington is not putting together uh, good games. So, next up. San Francisco traveling to Arizona take on the Cardinals. Who are you going with, Trevor? Um, I heard Cardinals. What was the first team? San Francisco Niners. Ooh, um, Cardinals. I think they'll they'll get up early and stay up. All right. Especially Jerry? if is going to be playing. I'm going with the Niners. I think the Cardinals are good. I just don't trust them completely. Speaking of not trusting people completely, I don't trust Jimmy G. I'm taking the Cardinals. They look good this year. They look really good this year, especially after beating up on L.A. They looked really good in that game. So I'm taking the Cardinals at home. Next up, Buffalo. The Bills traveling to Kansas City take on the Chiefs. Who are you going with, Kerry? It's going to be a good game. and But I'm going to surprise the folks. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Oh. I have no faith in that Kansas City defense, which just got absolutely torn up by Jalen Hurts last week. Has looked awful all season. I think Josh Allen will have a big game against them. It's a good thing he the, – imagine if they were going up against a franchise quarterback, dude. All right, Trevor, who you got? Um, This is an interesting one. I really cannot see the Chiefs going one, starting off one and three but I really can't see their defense stopping anyone. Just give me the Chiefs. I don't know why. (laughs) I'm taking Buffalo. They got a great franchise quarterback over there, and uh, they're going to walk into the Chiefs. And uh, because that defense is so bad, Josh Allen could legitimately break NFL records. Next up, last game of the year, or year, <laughs> last game of the week, Monday Night Football. This is it. We're done after this one. <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in prime time Monday night. Who are you going with? Trevor. Mm, um, I'm going with Lamar. Okay. 
All right, Kerry? Yeah, I'm going with the Ravens, too. All right. Well, this is a tough game for me to pick. Yeah. I think Indianapolis looks bad. Baltimore's 3-1, and one, but I think they've looked pretty bad as well. I think I'm going to pick this as my upset of the week just because I feel like I have to pick an upset each week. And I think it might happen in prime time on Monday night. I think that the Ravens' turnover issues, specifically Lamar's turnover issues, come back to bite them against the defense that has looked pretty decent this year. Um, even though the Ravens' defense has played well up to this point, uh, I think that the, the Colts will find a way somehow to win in like a 24-20 game. Uh, it's going to be close. As long as Justin Tucker doesn't take the last kick to win the game, uh, I think that Indianapolis wins this one. So that is it for the picks. Um, does uh, anything anyone have anything they want to add before we uh, close this one out? Yeah, our... Uh... Our fantasy league last week, I talked all that talk um, to Doug, raw talent. I was projected to win by about two points, and I got waxed by about <laughs> thirty-five. Um, his team is solid. I am. I dropped a one in three, and I'm playing. Um, you matter, Terrell, this week, who I think is coming off two straight wins. He's got an okay team. He's got Herbert. Uh, that Bengals defense for Green Bay could go either way, but um, I am projected to lose. Kind of embarrassed. I was like the face for this whole like uh, fantasy league thing, this whole video we put out, and I am one in three. But <laughs> sometimes it's not about how you start, like the uh, like the Titans offense. But that longevity is is going to come back. I am not going to guarantee the playoffs. I was going to guarantee the playoffs, but I'm not doing that. Yeah, and my my team sucks. We're bad. We don't really live in a society. Without McCaffrey, we're just lost. Probably going to lose to 0-4 Super Camaro this week. Hoping to get a couple good waiver wires. We'll see what happens. But oh, man. Not a lot of faith in the team well, this year. You know what? It's a good thing we got one good player of fantasy football on this show. 4 no. Going up against the 1-3 Redbirds this week. I'm predicting a 5-0 and start. As always, I guarantee playoffs when I play fantasy football. And my team's looking pretty solid so far this year. There's a couple weak points we got to figure out. But all in all, I'm feeling pretty positive about everything going on. And uh, I, I think, uh, I think uh, we're in a pretty good spot four games into the year. Um, four straight wins, you know. Still ranked fourth. We put up 169 points last week, but it wasn't enough to jump off a spot. Um, still four undefeated teams in the Beer League Fantasy League. So, uh, yeah. But uh, all in all, I'm looking great. And a quick thought. There was a accepted trade that's going through tomorrow between yeah. Scott's Tots and Broncos Rule 69. Mm. Scott's Tots are giving up the Bucks defense, Aaron Rodgers, and Robbie Anderson, while Broncos Rule 69 – Giving up the Saints defense, Teddy Bridgewater, and Melvin Gordon. Any thoughts? Yeah. Giving up Rodgers this early is, is kind of weird. Um, yeah. but that's the team of the three quarterbacks, I believe. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like he's not getting enough in return, honestly. Yeah, it could have got more. Because the Saints and the Bucks defense are pretty complimentary. And 
Yeah, well, the Mel- started no. off really hot. They're still top three, but I, I don't think I don't see that as like a, a long term sturdy defense all year. Especially not going or, up against Taylor Heineke this week. It, absolutely. Don't if you got this if you're the Saints defense, you're losing. I think it's a good move for Scott's Tots, those who a big improvement on Teddy B and Melvin Gordon's not a big loss for them either. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that is all we have for this week. Uh, Thank you to everyone for watching. Again, shout out to um, Rep Sports for being a uh, a, a promo. uh, I don't know how to say it. It's not really a sponsor of the show. Um, Shout out to Rep Sports again. You can get 15% off your order today at repsports.com using code ZSGOLF at checkout. Again, that they, that gives you uh, access to raise energy, whey protein, pre-workout, um, pretty much everything. Uh, they also have uh, a sleep-like thing that you can mix in with your protein if you work out late at night, which I do. So uh, shout out to those guys. And uh, with all that being said, I think that's all we have for today. And if you haven't already, at... Beerly Sports on Twitter, at Beerly Sports on Instagram. And I am back feeling weird tonight. This Oktoberfest is hitting TikTok by next week. I promise. (laughs) I promise. The season's here. Stage two, uh, TikTok next week. Uh, And you guys can also follow me on TikTok, at SportsGuyZach. What are some of the other things we should promote? Oh, I know. We're now on Apple Podcasts, boys. Okay. <laughs> Took long enough. So you can listen to all episodes of the Beerly Football Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just look up the Beerly Football Podcast. It's there every single episode. Um, I had to listen to it today because I left my notebook at home, so I didn't have the results from the pick'em until about four o'clock today. So I had to re-listen to the whole show, but. Uh, yes, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts, we are there, and we hope you guys have a great week. <laughs>